This is MMA Torch editor Jamie Pennick, and this is the Torch Audio News Brief for Friday, April 16, 2010. Um, Bellator 14 took place last night from the Chicago Theater in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we had two more lightweight quarterfinal bouts, along with uh, a featherweight quarterfinal and a welterweight quarterfinal uh, on the four-fight card on Sportsnet. Um, this is another good event, although... Uh, it was marred by controversy in the Ben Askren versus Ryan Thomas fight. Um, we'll just start there with that one because uh, it, it was looking to be a competitive fight with uh, with Thomas uh, throwing up for an early submission. He almost got a triangle on Askren earlier, but uh, it was clear Askren was using his wrestling uh, to control the fight, and it was just looking like a very good back and forth battle for the first couple of minutes, and then Askren rolled through with, uh, 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 looked like an attempted uh, guillotine, but he, he basically just ended up with Thomas in, in a really bad neck crank, and, and Thomas just had his, his eyes closed, and uh, his arms weren't really in a position to um, flail about or do anything, so he didn't, he was not um, wanting to give up any more position uh, to let the tank sink in further. The referee came in and uh, basically just gave him a look and stopped the fight, um, Thomas afterward got up in, in outrage, and uh, the referee said afterward that uh, he had asked him to give him a sign or um, something to say that he was all right to continue, and he was looking for, like, a thumbs up or something. What, uh, what he needed to do was grab a, a free wrist and pick it up and see if Thomas was limp, if he was responsive, because as soon as the hold was uh, uh, given up, he was absolutely fine. He reacted to the referee. There was no possible way he was out. It was just a terrible, terrible stoppage, um, and, and it marred the beginning of this welterweight tournament, unfortunately. Uh, Askren very well may have gone on to win the fight anyway. Um, he may have been able to crank that even further to force a submission, but the fact of the matter is Thomas did not submit. It was a terrible stoppage by the referee. Uh, it was a technical submission at 240 the first round, but... Uh, uh, not a very good uh, stoppage by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the lightweight tournament finished up the first round after Roger Huerta and Kerry Veneer picked up victories at Bellator 13. Pat Curran and Toby Amata joined them in the final four uh, last night. Curran started off the event with a, a vicious knockout of TriStar Gym product Mike Ricci, um, one of the sparring partners of George St. Pierre. Um, Curran landed an overhand right after uh, a few minutes of tentative action and uh, just dropped Ricci to the ground and uh, followed up with about four punches that did even more damage before the referee could get in there. Um, definitely a vicious KO, but a very good win for Pat Curran um, to move into the second round. Toby Amata took on James Krause in the uh, final fight of the uh, of the evening. And uh, Kraus took this fight on about six or seven days' notice and cut 35 pounds uh, in a week to make this limit. Um, he, he had to cut down from 190 pounds when he found out that he was uh, taking this fight. So um, a ridiculous amount of weight that he had to cut coming into this. But he, for his credit, he didn't really show any signs of uh, looking worse for the wear. And uh, it, it was a very competitive first round that Amada took with a couple of... Uh, uh, to mission attempts and, and just controlling more on the ground. And then uh, in the, the second round, Kraus had a nice sweep to get into uh, top position on Amada after 
Um, Imada took the fight back to the ground, but uh, Amada threw up for a triangle, uh, gave up that attempt, threw his leg over, crossed his face, and got the armbar, and uh, forced a verbal submission out of Kraus 244 into the uh, second round. Um, excellent performance from Amada to move on to the, the semifinals of this Bellator lightweight tournament, and uh, he's one step closer to a possible rematch with Eddie Alvarez, um, who beat him in the finals last year. Roger Huerta is still the uh, um, the fa- favorite in this tournament. Um, the semifinal bout, he, he will be fighting on May 6th um, at the Wang Theater in Boston at Bellator 17. His opponent will be named at a, at a press conference on Tuesday at the, at the Wang Theater for Bellator. So um, Eddie Alvarez and Roger Huerta will fight on the same card there on May 6th, so uh, th- that'll be an event to look out for with some more semifinal bouts. Um, speaking of, Wilson Hayes uh, joined um, uh, Joe Warren from last week in the, the featherweight uh, tournament, moving on, uh, beating Shad Lyerly by uh, submission in the third round. Really nice rear naked choke after uh, a very fun fight up until that point. Um, Hayes worked his ground game excellently. His his guard passing was uh, uh, really fun to watch throughout the fight. He was he was moving p- positions and uh, Lyerly was basically just surviving for much of the second and third round um, before Hayes uh, got mount. Started raining punches down. Lyerly uh, briefly gave up being uh, uh, on his back and Hayes just took that opportunity, took his back. <clears throat> sunk in the, the rear naked choke and forced the tap. So, um, very good uh, night of fights outside of the unfortunate finish in the Askren Thomas fight. Um, live crowd didn't have as, as great of a time uh, from reports that we got. Um, one of our readers sent in a report saying that uh, they were in about 17 rows up on the lower level and couldn't see anything that was going on in the mat. I mean, this is a very unique setup with the, the uh, cage being on the stage here at the Chicago Theater. So uh, the close rows uh, had, had more of a difficult time. I think the uh, balcony seats probably had a much better view of all of the action for the, the night's card. So um, it's interesting when they're running a, a venue like this. It's a very unique thing, but uh, not necessarily... Um, the best environment to watch uh, a mixed martial arts event. Uh, other news of the day, switching up uh, from Bellator, is uh, the Quentin Jackson and Rashad Evans will be featured on the third edition of the UFC Primetime Series uh, after uh, using it for two George St. Pierre fights against BJ Penn and then Dan Hardy. Uh, the three-part series will be coming before next month's UFC 114 event. Uh, so starting on May 12th, um, immediately following the Ultimate Fighter 11, uh, Quentin Jackson and Rashad Evans, UFC Primetime, that uh, three-part series will begin, uh, and it'll air every Wednesday following the Ultimate Fighter, leading into their uh, headlining bout at UFC 114 um, at the end of next month. So uh, that's very good news. This should be a highly entertaining show, um, and, and will help rebuild some of the heat that was lost when that fight did not take place in December of last year after the Ultimate Fighter uh, completed airing on CTV. So um, should definitely be an entertaining uh, uh, show for three weeks, and the trash talk will pick up even further. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, 
Strikeforce News, uh, lightweight, or light heavyweight champion Gegard Mousasi has uh, re-signed the deal with Strikeforce. It's a two-year, four-fight minimum, uh, so he will be with the promotion um, for a considerable amount of time to come. Um, he'll stay a big fish in a small pond, and uh, I mean, he's happy with the level of competition they're giving to him right now, and uh, we'll, we'll see... Um, what else they can put together following tomorrow night's fight with uh, Muhammad uh, King Mo Lawal. Some more Strikeforce news. Um, the Strikeforce Challengers 8 headlining uh, uh, fight will looks to be Matt Lindland against King Kevin Casey. Um, Casey made his Strikeforce debut uh, last November at the Challengers 5 event, uh, defeating um, Chad Vance quickly by submission in the first round. But uh, the, the hang-up for this fight, potentially, is with the Oregon State Athletic Commission. This fight's taking place in Portland, Oregon, um, on May 21st, which is uh, Linland's hometown. But um, there's a massive discrepancy in the records of the two fighters, as Linland is 21-7 and overall in his career. He's fought um, some of the biggest names in the sport, uh, and Casey comes into this fight with a 3-1 and record, so... Not necessarily sure that they're going going to approve this fight just for the um, discrepancy in record and the fact that Lindland has had so many more fights and has fought so much higher competition than Casey has at this point. But it's still a fight that they could uh, potentially headline with. Uh, it's, it's kind of a high risk, low reward for for Lindland here because should he get defeated, um, that's a, a massive statement to where he's at in his career as he's already lost three or four fights um so i, I will we'll, we'll see what happens with that um but finally with strike force uh they return to cbs tomorrow night um the three championship fights on the main card gayard musazi defending the light heavyweight title against king mo um gilbert melendez defending his lightweight title against shinya aoki and finally, uh, Dan Henderson challenging Jake Shields for the middleweight title. Um, we're going to have live coverage of the event as it airs tomorrow night. starts at 9 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. It's a very good card. It's lost a lot of steam this week with um, all of the aftermath of the UFC 112. And, I, I mean, that dominated the uh, MMA landscape throughout the entire week and kind of um, quelled a little bit of the, the steam that was coming into this fight. Uh, tomorrow night, but uh, again, it's it's not been the greatest um, showing of promotional acumen coming into this uh, this event tomorrow. As you know, they've run some spots on CBS and they've gotten a little bit of um, uh, awareness out there for the card, but they haven't really done a great hard sell of just how good a fight uh, some of these are. I mean. The, the Gilbert Melendez Shinyaoki fight very well could determine who many see as the number one lightweight in the world after BJ Penn's loss last weekend, especially if Aoki wins. Uh, I, he's already number two on a lot of people's lists. I personally had Kenny Florian ahead of him before, even with a victory over Gilbert Melendez. I think I'd still, um, for me, it, if anything, Edgar jumps up for beating BJ Penn. Um, more so than Aoki would for defeating Melendez, but if Melendez wins, he, he still gets, he, I think Melendez is a top five lightweight if, if he wins this fight. 
Um, and uh, it, it's a fight I think he will win, actually. Um, Aoki needs to get this fight to the ground. I don't know that, he, that he's going to do it, and even if he does, I don't know that he's going to submit Melendez. Um, I, I, I like Gilbert's hands in this fight, and I think he's going to be able to sprawl and brawl and uh, take the fight to Aoki on the feet. I think Melendez takes that one by TKO. Uh, their quick predictions. Um, I, I like King Mo a lot. I think this is going to be a highly competitive fight with Gegard Mousasi. Um, I, I think there are plenty of ways that King Mo can win this fight. I just I, I can't see it happening right now. Uh, it, it, I think it's going to be a little bit of a case of too much too soon here because it, it's his seventh career fight. Mousasi has a 28-2-1 record. He's been beat by uh, bar submission twice. And the last time that happened was in 2006. Um, I just think Musazi is uh, very good in all aspects of the game. And uh, I, I, I'm going to take Musazi with a third-round TKO. Would not be surprised to see the upset. I would not at all. I think King Mo definitely can pull off the upset. I'm just not seeing it happening tomorrow night. Uh, finally, Dan Henderson, Jake Shields. Um, I just see a way that Jake can actually win this fight. Um, Henderson's wrestling is superb. Um, Shields may be able to take him down at some point, but Henderson's wrestling is is good enough where um, Shields isn't going to submit him, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna be able to um, work through it in this fight. It's not going to be a, a situation like the Anderson Silva fight where he got choked out. Um, I, I, I think Henderson might find uh, uh, Shields' jaw with his right hand in this fight. Uh, he's going to find a way to, to launch that bomb and uh, take him out. I'm, I'm picking Henderson by KO in the second round. Um, should be an entertaining event, and uh, uh, definitely tune in and uh, check out our live round-by-round coverage of the event as it airs on CBS. Um, so we'll have that here tomorrow night. Uh, Thanks for listening once again. This is Jamie Panic signing off.